0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining the Primitive Podcast. I'm Morgan Renault, Marketing Manager here at Primitive, and this week we wanted to introduce you to a new podcast by your favorite host, Cade Wilcox. If you've been listening to the Primitive Podcast for a while, you know how passionate Cade is about leadership and learning from others. One of his other big passions is small businesses and learning from other small business owners and leaders. So we've put together the Cade Wilcox Podcast. It's the same interview style you love the Primitive Podcast for, but focused on building, leading, and managing small businesses. Today, we are sharing episode one with guest Tanner Thetford from Mission Service Companies. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to the Cade Wilcox podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And for more small business insights, subscribe to Cade's weekly newsletter. The link can be found in the show notes. Thanks for supporting the Primitive Podcast, and I hope you enjoy
1: Welcome to the Cade Wilcox podcast. I'm Cade Wilcox, your host, and I love small business. I love the leaders who lead small businesses. I love the the journey of starting a new company and figuring out how to manage uh, people and culture and vision and operations and finances and sales and marketing. And so on our podcast, we feature local small business owners who are in the trenches and doing the work, and we learn from them what's going well, what's not going well, things they've learned throughout their journey. So thanks for joining the podcast and enjoy learning from others who are in the trenches and doing the work.
2: If you're going to have the pain and the struggle, like you might as well build something from it. If you're going to learn those lessons, let's learn it. But the people, you know, speaking of Trenton, our operations manager, like just to watch him grow and watch his marriage change, watch his kids change. Hiring people off Walmart and now they're running parts of our business and just seeing them realize something. I can do this. I can be this with my life. Watching them really accept those roles. I mean, that's the funnest part. That and getting getting involved in the community, you know, being able to give, being able to sponsor certain organizations that, you know, share our values
1: and our mission. I mean, what's more fun than that? Tanner, thanks for joining the Cade Wilcox podcast. I'm really excited to have you as our first guest. Um, so, for those who don't know who Tanner uh, Thetford is and, and about Mission Landscape, um, you know, tell us, tell, us, tell us about the good stuff.
2: Well, thanks for having me. This is actually my first podcast. So, it's, it's a first for you both all? of us here.
1: <laughs> I've listened good. to a
2: bunch, but I've never been asked to be on one. So, I don't know what that means for you. But
1: so, I am <laughs>
2: yeah. a, I'm a Christ follower. That's how we know each other. Go to Redeemer Church. I'm married way out of my league to a girl named Megan Lee, now Megan Thetford, coming up on eight years. She is, I spend most of my time trying to keep her around, you know, because when you're, when you're that much better looking than me, it's, <laughs> it's a full-time job. We have three beautiful kids, Miles, who just turned six, Truman, who will be five in July, and Maggie, who will be two in April. So we're full-time there as well. And then we are done with that. So we thank the Lord for the blessing of children, but three is good for us. So <laughs> uh, actually, we I own mission service companies. Same kind of deal. We'll be five with that on April sixth. So we've got a bunch of anniversaries and birthdays coming up, and we do everything kind of outside your home, whether it be from mowing to irrigation to landscape installation to construction to hydro turf, whatever it may be.
1: That's awesome. So tell me about your entrepreneurial journey. Like, have you always been an entrepreneur? Did you always kind of daydream about owning, owning your own business and running a business or, or like what, what has that experience been like for you? You know, I don't know. I don't really
2: love the word entrepreneur. I looked at the definition for cause I just feel like it's so overplayed. Um, but according to the definition, we all are them. Um, so I, I had a mobile car wash when I was 16. Um, which, you know, most of the guys are like selling flowers door to door at five or six years old, you know, you hear all these (laughs) stories. But, you know, when I get into a place, I I always, my mind thinks like, how could we make it better? Or, you know, how could we start something else to improve on it? So I guess I'm more wired that way, probably very similar to you, just knowing you and your story. But my journey started selling life insurance right out of school. Um, I had a few jobs. I graduated tech in 2009, like, you know, the, the housing bubble burst like in April and we all graduated in May. So I moved to Dallas, I was in a fraternity here. and Most of my pledge brothers were still in Lubbock and I just had a little break. Um, Did about 36 job interviews in Dallas in the span of about 10 weeks. Got to the point where I was saying, hey man, if you're just seeing me because we have a connection, like I appreciate it, but let's not waste our time. Nobody was hired. Um, Did some with a buddy, didn't work out, came back to Lubbock. You know, I'm, I love it here. Always wanted to come back here. Uh, So that's seven, that's 14 month little hiatus didn't really work out for me so got involved selling life insurance and doing insurances and passing those tests Um, worked with a real close person in my life ended up kind of falling apart not in a very good way so Mm -hmm. during that time I met another guy we got into the whole field which is what kind of introduced me to service companies we had rouse about trucks and those sorts of things that fell apart too about three years later Um, during that time we we had two kids at this point we you know. You learn a lot about relationships working with people how different we all are you know and i tell this story i realized the common denominator is me so i probably need to look at myself and see what you know i maybe did wrong as much as i felt i was right at the time but you know we moved in with my parents gave away our dog um put our house on airbnb got sued by our hoa for doing so it was a really dark season um, we had mission at the time we had started it when we were at when i was at the Oakfield company, just. To help some people out, kind of diversify. So I had two young kids under three, a wife who wasn't working, um, a small business that was barely staying afloat. And honestly, Kay, to sit here and tell you like how we made it, um, God's graces. I mean, I had friends, four friends that just gave us money with nothing in return. Um, they didn't ask for interest. You say, man, you know, uh, I'm trying to get emotional and talking about those guys just made such an impact on me. Um, thankfully we've been able to pay them all back this last year, but, you know, without God's grace, without friends, without people that love us, I mean, I didn't do anything. I mean, I wasn't like this wheeler dealer. I just, I guess God humbled me and I was able to ask for help. But so we ended up kind of turning mission around. We had one, one yard crew turned into two and now it's kind of this 34 person, $2 million a year business. That's um, hopefully going to continue to grow. But, you know, my journey was really
1: hard. Yeah. So would you say you got into it almost out of necessity, you know, when, when the whole service job, uh, you know, kind of fell through or fell apart, do you feel like you kind of turned to mission, uh, you know, as, as a necessity or, or did you have at that point, like a really strong desire to kind of create something out of nothing and, and make it into a legitimate business?
2: I would think both. Um, you know, I'm kind of avoiding your question. I'm definitely that type that I, I mean, if I went to work for somewhere, I would figure out some way to start on my own. I mean, it's just yeah. I've been that way forever. It's how I, you know, in college, if we were having a party, I planned the party, I raised the money, I I put it together. It's just how I've always been. People kind of lean on you that way. Um, we had mission. We had families involved. I had friends involved. I had family members involved, and to I, I wasn't just gonna walk away from it. You know, I
1: hmm.
2: I'm thankful that I always knew I was where I was supposed to be because when you move in with your parents and you're and you're trying to sell your house and sell and all that kind of stuff, everybody tells you go get a normal job. Um, and through Christ growing me in those areas and through my prayer life, I just knew like the message was hang tight and um, stay where you are. And mm-hmm. obviously through friends, we were able to kind of rough it for a while. Um, I'm very thankful for that because I would have bailed. And now, I, you know, I, you know, looking back on it and a message for younger entrepreneurs, as you cross this stuff, you'll be thankful for the struggle. You'll be thankful for the hard times. And I know mine aren't over and I'm sure you are too, but yeah. I wouldn't change thing. I would not yeah. change a thing. Maybe some of the weight I put on because of the stress, but that's about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. yeah, that that's that's really good. Um, what what you know when you talk about the struggle and you talk about failure and you 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 talk about some of these things that you're learning as you go, like what are what are some of the things that jump out to you that you feel like you know that you've learned that had it not been for the struggle or had it not been for failure or mistakes, you know you wouldn't be where you're at almost five years in you know, and for those listening, I mean, for a business to make it five years is is not a small thing. Um, you can look at any statistics anywhere, and you'll see that the majority of small businesses fail in the first couple of years. So to make it to five years is a big deal. So when you kind of reflect and think back on the last five years, what are some of these critical things you've learned, either through tough times or failure that have really kind of helped you get where you're at now?
2: Yeah, I think you look at it, and you know, I grew up in a family that my mother sells Mary Kay. She's been a top dog there for a long time. My dad was a realtor and done radio. I mean, my granddad owns a big plumbing supply store here. So I saw entrepreneurs. I saw people that worked for themselves. And we grew up very lucky. We grew up very privileged, you know, especially in Lubbock, Texas. Um, so you kind of think that you deserve that stuff as you get older and you're entitled to it a little bit. I came out of school that way. And I think as life kind of kicks you in the teeth a little bit and you realize you're a very small fish. I mean, I tell everybody, you know, missions in kindergarten you know, which means we can put our shoes on, we can read a little, write a little, but we have so far to go. Yeah. And I think through that struggle and through that pain, it makes you look places. Um, it's the reason, you know, very few teams win bowls over and over because they relax. Once you, A lot of people, get they'd be successful and they get caught, they get comfortable. Mm. But when you're struggling like that, um, you realize, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this by myself. What I'm doing is not working. And you look to outside sources. And thankfully, we look in a world, you know, people like you who bring leaders in, Um, or, you know, the John Maxwell's, the Dave Ramsey's, the whoever, the Matt Chandler's, whoever they may be what you're looking for, um, you can go get from these people that have experienced life. And that's what I did. And that's what I continue to do. I mean, I sit here today, like, I don't have it figured out. I don't have it all together. We don't have a ton of money in the bank. I mean, we're we're not a ton different from where we were, Um, but we have a lot more of the tools and the resources because of those moments. A lot of the systems and the team in place that I feel very confident in our future, but it's no guarantee.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, I will, I will have Hunter edit that part out where you used my name and then John Maxwell, Dave <laughs> Ramsey, Matt Chandler. I'll make sure he he removes uh, my name from that sequence.
2: Hey, um, we, what what are you maybe that for this area in Lubbock? And you got to start. Yeah, start who knows.
1: <laughs> I I know I love uh, learning from leaders, and I know I love small business for sure. What, what, what are some of your favorite parts about owning and running your own business? Uh, we'll get to some of the, the things you like the least in a minute. But when you think about things that, you know, you wake up thinking about and you go to bed thinking about and these things that just really bring you joy, uh, what aspects of running your business, you know, kind of come to mind?
2: Well, other than it fits with me and my personality, um, you know, if you're going to have the pain and the struggle, like you might as well build something from it because, uh, you know, if you're going to learn those lessons, let's learn it. Um, but the people. I mean, it's I'm sure that's the answer, but you know, you see a guy you hired off for minimum wage on Indeed, and now he's, you know, speaking of Trenton, our operations manager, like just to watch him grow and watch his marriage change, watch his kids change. Um, hiring people off Walmart and now they're running parts of our business and just seeing them realize something like, I can I can do this, I can be this with my life. Um, mm. watching them really accept those roles. I mean, that's the funnest part. Uh, yeah. that and getting getting involved in the community, you know, being able to give, being able to sponsors for organizations that, you know, share our values and our mission. I mean, what's more fun than that? Uh, mm-hmm. And now teaching some of these lessons to others. So uh, I can't think of anything else, but other than the people I for, and I think about the people we don't know yet that'll be involved in this organization and yeah. who are still in school or who are in a job they don't like that we can maybe bring in. Um, that really, that's exciting.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really good. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think my, my favorite thing to do is is building teams you know and building a culture and so i that whole people thing um it it can be challenging but uh man it's rewarding and rich and um you know brings brings a lot of joy what what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced or are facing you know when you think about being a business owner you know when you think about uh, the challenges uh that come with the of good what are some of those things for you personally
2: Well, when you look at the systems and the money and um, taking care of customers doing jobs over and over the right way, the way you want them, that's the hardest part. I mean, you have customers and employees that, different people, different expectations, different, you know, payment grades, whatever it may be, you know, those are challenges that never stop. And then as you're trying to get better, as you're trying to adapt, I mean, our business is somewhat seasonal. We're coming out of our, you know, the winter, which is slower for us, but it's like trying to clean while everybody's still putting messes around, you know, it's... Hmm it's just a long, slow process, because you can't stop. You know, we're not in a place where we can just like all right, everybody stop, we're gonna fix all this stuff, and then we're gonna start again, you know, so it's trying to kind of organize that as you go. And as I mentioned in kindergarten, I mean, we're about to get the first grade, I guess, but it's still something that is so challenging to do. And I think you just learn, like, it's gonna take a long time. I mean, we live in a right now world and you think it's supposed to be that way, but um, that's, that's not the case, it is. So I think the biggest challenges are just taking care of customers, communicating with all the things that you have going on and then uh, dealing with my inefficiencies which is taking on too much um that's i'm always a too much guy you want me to go shopping yeah. for your barbecue party i I do know that because we will have plenty of beverages <laughs> and food but when you get inside missions it's just a lot
1: yeah yeah no that's good thanks for sharing all that there's there's so so much uh truth there kind of building an airplane while you're flying it. You know, it's it's like you said, it's not like you can pause, you know, serving all your existing clients while you try to fix some of the things, some of the gaps that you want to really focus on. So, you know, balancing progress while continuing to serve, you know, the people you have. Yeah, it can, it can create some tension. Um, I kind of want to start uh, talking about some of, you know, kind of the core elements of business. And so, I really feel like um, a lot of times people overcomplicate business and I'm a real simpleton. So this works out well for me. And so in my mind, I've, I've tried really hard to think about all of our businesses in in a, a few categories and I'd really love to pick your brain and kind of hear what you've, what you're doing and what you're learning about each of these categories. And the first category is kind of vision and goal setting. So for you as the leader of the organization, as one of the owners, what does it look like for, for you or y'all's team, to kind of think about vision and to think about goals and objectives? Um, what, what's that look like for you guys?
2: Well, I think that ties in good to the last question, because as you know, as I sit here in the office, I, I really care the product we put out and the service we provide. Um, but I own the company and I get the most benefit from it. And then, you know, just kind of the always way it'll be. So the only way to make the guys that you hire, the girls that you hire show that is to have the vision of where they can go. And not only for, mission, the organization, but for employee the individual. Um, I think what I learned, Kate, is that I'm so far down the totem pole of understanding this that I've gone to others and tried to find their 20, 30, 40 years experience and put that in place. And I think that's honestly my whole role now of, you know, where are we going as an organization? Can we get there? Does it make sense? Does it fit into who we believe that we are? But also these college kids or these post high school graduates at work here, can not we put a vision in their mind um, that they have a future here or it's their time here with us, because a lot of it short term will be beneficial to them. So I spent a ton of my time trying to get to know these guys. I just believe God made everybody as part of a body. Um, you know, as the Bible says, and no, one, no one's more important than the other. Most people see me as important or, and I just don't think that. So it's like, what did God put in your life? What are your passions? What do you, like, you, like, what do you want to do with your life? And if it fits here, let's, let's, let's figure out a way you can fit here forever. Um, when you talk about vision, it's more for me like a macro scale but than getting to know these people individually too. And how do we kind of push their, them in those directions? Yeah.
1: That's good. Do you, do you just do it organically? Like when you have time, like, you know, do, do you find yourself simply only thinking about the vision and the goals and objectives of mission, you know, when it comes to mind? Or do you have like a normal rhythm? You know, you look at it quarterly or you look at it annually or like what, what is your like kind of practical approach? to thinking through vision and thinking through goals and objectives? Or do you have one? And I mean, it's okay if you don't. Um, I'm just curious what that looks like practically for you.
2: Uh, well, you know this, I and mean, then I've probably spent the last year, March to March, getting mission in my organization to a place where I can spend time on that. Because it's so easy in the day-to-day life to let these phones and emails distract us. And then stuff like that, I mean, no one's checking on that. No one's asking about right. that. That's just part of you want it or you don't. So it's such a discipline. Um, and while I got anxious and depressed, with that for years, I just said, you know what, let's hire the people, put the systems in place to help with all this. So I can be free to do that. Cause I do see it as so, so much important. So, um, mm-hmm. I've actually done a lot of that in the last few weeks and I'll do a whole lot more of it in the coming months. But I think it's number one priority because if you get in the car and don't know where you're going, it's kind of pointless.
1: That's right. Yeah. No, it's a great analogy. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's really hard, isn't it? You know, because you, 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 like you just said, you, you get kind of bogged down in answering all the, all the customer, you know, phone calls or emails, you get bogged down in, you know, did the invoices go out and what's the AR and, you know, it's easy to kind of get caught up in the machine of the business and, you know, you never get kind of get beyond that. And then you don't know where you're headed, you know, and, and, you know, yeah, it's 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 really critical. I I love Bob Goff, and one of the, the things he talks about in his book called Dream Big, which I'd recommend everyone read. But uh, one time he was uh, I don't know selling across the ocean or something, and you know, and, and if you're selling a, a, across the ocean and you're just like one degree off, just one degree off instead of Hawaii, you're going to hit Japan or whatever, you know. <laughs> and it's 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 honestly the same thing with business. Like you can think, oh, we're we're close enough. Well, you look up in 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, and you're on the opposite side of the earth, you know, and it's, it's a big deal. And, and, uh, I don't feel like as leaders, we structure it enough, you know, we get so wrapped up in kind of all the moving parts. And then all of a sudden we look up one day and we're like, man, you know, I have thought about really specific measurable goals and objectives. I haven't thought about really how we're doing these things. I haven't thought about where we're going to be a year from now or three years from now. So I can, I can really, I can really relate to that um what about culture i mean you've talked a lot about how how much you enjoy the people side of your business um into how does your organization you know look at the culture of your organization what kind of things do you do to try to nurture and cultivate it um just anything related to culture that comes to mind
2: well one of the things we're doing is this week we're actually moving we're putting our we have a warehouse where we keep our equipment and we have these we're actually at hub city workspace with jacob hubick we've been here for years we're putting together um Offices and warehouses together because I mean there's guys I don't ever see because we're not mm-hmm. we're across town from each other. So one of the main motivations of that was to be together, so I get to know these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, putting Christian on your on your company name and our we named it Mission because I feel like this is my mission. This is our you know to share Christ with those around us. And I think you know we get called out on that a lot, which is funny. It's like if you do something wrong, obviously you're not a Christian, which we don't have to get into all that, but it's funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but showing that showing that on a daily basis. Um, showing people that you genuinely care that you love them. I and mean, we want that to be our culture and who we are. But I think I, I think it goes back to what we just talked about. It all starts with your vision and where you're wanting to go and your goals. Because um, if that's not in place, your culture is a nothing. Um, mm. Because people won't believe you. You know, but mm. my thing with the people that are involved here, they're young. I mean, they're 18 to 24. And I know they don't want to work for, most of them don't want to work here the rest of their lives. So my culture is, you know, we care about you. If you're going to show up, work hard, um, put some time in. We're going to pour into you and what your dreams and visions are, which it, it's so rare. Because I mean, I think for the one or two to five success stories, we had to hire 50 to 60 people to get those people. Because um, for a long time, we put people over the business and our profits because you think that's right and it's wrong. If you, can't, if you don't make money, you can't pour into the people because there's too much stress around it, um, trying to keep the doors open but if you manage and budget and discipline right, you have the freedom to do that kind of stuff.
1: That's interesting. I'm going to come back to that in a moment because we our experience, and there's no right or wrong experience. I mean, everyone's experience is their own experience, right? And they're learning from it, and it's shaping their future. I'm going to come back to that and speak into you know just what we've learned about people and, and clients and finances because our, the, our philosophy would be the, the opposite of what you just said, you said something interesting about how you, the employees you have are, are likely not looking to be at Mission forever, and so how have how have you kind of embraced that, and how how do you approach you know investing in in those individuals while simultaneously thinking about the good of, of in the in the future of your company? Like how 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 have you experienced that, and what's that what's that kind of realization been like for you?
2: I think it's trial and error, you know, you can go in these meetings and say this kind of stuff. And one would go back to trying to free my my time up and putting the offices and the people together. Um, We're gonna do, you know, Bible studies here that are once a week that are optional. Um, We're gonna bring in realtors, we're gonna bring in financial coaches, we're gonna bring in and just introduce them. You know, a lot of these, a lot of our people, like they don't see themselves as being able to do a lot of these things at a young age. But when you teach them money as a tool, time as an asset, let's learn how to use them like you would a hammer or a saw or a mower, you know, this starts to change the way they think. And I think it's, you know, I put a lot of it on them. I'll walk up to our guys and I'll just say, Hey man, if we can help in any way, you let us know. And very few take us up on it. We have one of our better managers. He's like, I really want to build homes. That's well, who we work for. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'll go introduce you to every guy we know and say, man, glowing recommendation. He just graduated in tech. Let's, he wants a job and I'll just tell him, man, put two years in there and watch, watch what you can do. Um, But if they don't ask me, I mean, I say it, I put it out there. And If they don't come to me, I don't go back because it's, you know, we're not doing it for you, but we will help.
1: Um, Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I, I, I feel like it's a rare thing when employers, you know, truly and fundamentally want what, what's so good for the individual that, they, they would free them up even to figure out how to leave. you know, like we want to equip you and, and uh, celebrate your aspirations. And if that means we're just a short stint on your radar to invest in you, to help you accomplish what it is you're actually looking for, you know, that's a really rare thing. So I admire that about you. And, and uh, it, that's a rare thing. I mean, and, and what, a, what a gift, you know, to the people on your team, um, you know, because you mean it.
2: Yeah, and I hope my my watch this. I hope they know we mean it. So,
1: yeah, it, it, I, I it took me a long time to really mean it though. Like I feel like I've said it for a long time, but it's probably only been within the last I would even say maybe six months to a year where like I actually believed it in 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 my my soul. You know, because like we're trying to build something and, and we want to be an organization, we want to be a culture that no one ever wants to leave. And so it took me a while to kind of kind of let go of my own aspirations about having long- term team members and an you know, organization that no one wants to leave and go, "Oh, you want to start your own business? Well, let us help you do that or you know you, you want this different role, and even if it's not our organization, you know we want to invest in you in such a way where where we love you so well and we invest in you so effectively that you get to accomplish your goals and uh, ambitions just like we're accomplishing ours, and they're helping us do that but even though I always said that in my head, it took me a while to kind of truly, you know, really want to do that. And so I, I admire you for, for doing that. Um, you know, the third element uh, of business that I think is really critical is kind of operations. It's your delivery model, how you're providing a service to your customer. So maybe share a little bit about how you look at missions operations and, and your delivery model and things like, you know, how do you evaluate if your operations are healthy? How do you approach process improvement? Um, I'm especially interested to hear how you do this because like you've said a few times, you're you're pretty far removed from the work that, that your team is actually doing. And so how do you uh, how do you approach operations and, and operational improvements?
2: Well, I think, you know, this is where, you know, entrepreneurs is such a click deal. But if you're not wired for this, if you're not made to deal with the stress and the pressure and have, you know, and I don't think it's an arrogant thing. I think if God didn't make you do this, people need to be careful because this, I mean, to grow and to get, this is why most businesses fail, I think, Mm. because it's so hard to figure out what works and it just gets so heavy that you can't see through those weeds. Um, But for us, as far as the operations and stuff, I mean, you realize without them, you can't run your business. I mean, you can't. And I think there's so many people that are wired to be number two, three, four, eventually number ones at these companies and they go out on their own. And then, you know, we just live in this. If you're doing good culture, I'm doing worse, and that's just not the case. So, you know, the better you do, the better Loving does, the better your company does, the better we can do. It's like, why don't we work together and like make this high tide makes all surprise kind of approach? But with our operations, I mean, it's it's all we do. So, in the maintenance, in the lawn, there's a whole lot of things to pick on, right? So, you do the yard perfect, leave a gate open. You get a complaint, you you do the front yard perfect, forget to the alley, you know? So it's, and people just pick on that kind of stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. hard to make these guys notice because every every yard is different, everything. So we've had to really pull back. uh, And we stole this from, I think probably Ray McDonald, but we call it the pickle system where it's just like, when you get to these yards, here's what you do. We actually cut our, one of our businesses from six crews down to three because we just couldn't do it. We couldn't do a good job we weren't making money. You know, you can build $10 million and you can lose a hundred thousand or you can build a hundred thousand and make 10 and you're doing better as you're smaller. Yeah. So we've really had to be, and I think you see that with complaints. You see that with employees satisfaction. You know, if you're burning people out, um, you see that in revenues, profit and loss. If you're not making money, you get to go in and really start from scratch. Um, and in this business particular, there's a whole lot to it um, as far as you know I'm sure there's a lot of business that way but in service business more than products
1: sure how do you get customer feedback like you've mentioned a lot you know uh some of these things related to uh you know customers how how do you get customer feedback how do you organize it and then how do you kind of learn from it to apply to some of the changes you make in your business
2: well the good news is when they're not happy they always give it to you free of charge <laughs> it is readily available um, and they're generally That's right good. you know they're generally Fair. right we're terrible at this. Um, we got to get better at it. You know, that's one of the things on the docket for this year is how do we get ahead of it? How do we ask? How do, you know, I don't want to be the annoying people with emails and phone calls and texts and stuff. But we do want to know what you think, because I do think it's the only way to get better. Um, so mainly it's from complaints. You know, we'll take we'll complaints. You know, we're, we left 10 gates open this week. A couple of dogs got out. Last thing we want. OK, now we're going to take pictures of gates. It's a requirement. Sorry. Um, but to get out in front of the good news. You know, the, but the we, we got to get better at that. We're just not good at it yet.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, it'll be fun to to see how, how what process you implement to receive feedback, and then how you're able to use that feedback to shape kind of the way that you deliver your service as a way to grow. I, I do I do like that about the service industry. Nearly every business we own is is a service. I mean, even if it's a product, it's a product that's serving someone. And uh, it, it can be really hard to kind of systematize getting feedback, both positive and negative, so that you can absorb that and apply it to what you're learning. And so I look forward to talking to you in the coming months to see what you did to, to implement that. I'm sure there's a lot we could learn from you on, on that side. Um, you know, the fourth thing I think of, the f- fourth category that every business I think should focus on would be finances. And so what does that look like in y'all's organization? Like, how do you manage the finances? Do you have a CFO? Do you look at monthly reporting? I mean, like just again, as practical as you're willing to be, um, one of the biggest regrets I have is we didn't take finances serious soon enough. And so I always love hearing, um, you know, what others are doing as it relates to just, you know, managing finances and trying to work towards healthy finances. You know,
2: I got lucky a little bit when I went because I was not an accounting guy. I got when the oil company I worked for had a QuickBooks desktop and nothing was ever entered. Hmm. So that thing was so I got to go in and learn that accounting system um, from scratch and got to hire people and it took forever. And was, but I got decent enough with it that we can manage it and learn enough the tax and accounting rules. Um, but we're again walking into kindergarten. We can count. We can subtract. We can't do anything else. I do have a CFO. It's, uh, he's actually my partner. His name's Daniel. Um, same kind of thing. You know, we're just we're we're green there. We're learning, but he's built 40s, He's wired 40s, He's done a good job. I think it's simpler than people want to admit. Whether profit and loss, that sort, of balance sheets, those sorts of things, but it also takes a ton of time and a ton of discipline. Um, you know, I don't know that we've ever really been profitable here. You know, it's so much check to check. It's so much. We have money here. Let's take it out of that. We try not to deal with debt. I mean, that's not what we want to do unless it just makes a lot of sense. We eventually want to be a debt free organization. But we've gotten really serious about our jobs and our numbers now. And you have to. You know, I think the villains always in the movies, always the rich guy. Right. It's almost you feel bad for making money. You feel bad for charging people. Well, that's gone here. You know, we're going to be fair. We're going to be we're not going to be cheap. We're going to charge good prices. We're not going to nickel and dime, um, but we're not going to be for everybody either because I know that the families that we touch and that ch- you know, we have 34 employees, but when you look at the children and wives and spouses and those sorts of things, you look at 200 people that are relying on us to make decisions and to make money. Um, and we want to give like you all and be a part of the community and do those types of things. So again, I would say we have a long way to go um, on our
1: finances, but it's a huge priority here because- what do you think some of your biggest hurdles are financially to you know kind of getting ahead? You you mentioned kind of, kind of almost living month to month, so to speak. Um, like, what You're do you day think day. some of your day to day? <laughs> so, what do you think some of the the things that have to happen for you to to try to to kind of shift that, if you will?
2: Well, part of it's on us, you know. How do you bid jobs? You know, how do you go to a house and bid a side job? You're guessing all the time. Well, what if you run into issues? What if this is you know? What if this is we uncover an old tree and then we got to. So bidding those right and taking the time to do that is very important because we're not going to be the, try not to be the company that says, Hey, this is a five hour job. I will end up being 15. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd rather eat it than do that. Uh, And then having the prices fair and taking the time to work through the models, um, getting the materials at the right price and figuring out ways Mm -hmm. to cut costs there. But it's, it's a guessing game, you know, it's construction more or less. And I think when we're, we're, you know, like I said, we come in higher than most because I don't want, I'm not going to come back and ask for more if I can keep from it.
1: Yeah, that's good. Uh, It it feels like to me, 10 years into this whole uh, business ownership thing, that it's a constantly evolving journey, you know, related to finances, like, you know, we're, we're really better now than we ever have been. And we're still really working through, you know, the best way to do it. And uh, working through projections and decision making based on finances. I mean, there's, there's a lot of moving parts to it. So, Thanks for sharing all that. And again, we'll be excited to see what you learn over the coming months as you continue to focus on it. Uh, The the lap. Oh, go ahead.
2: Well, one thing is that the mowing, sorry, and the mowing prices haven't changed since the seventies or eighties. And there's so many customer companies that do this, that we just do it in increments of five or 10. So you're just guessing, Mm. uh, which really keeps that market down. So anybody listening, if your mowing guy goes up, just know you're probably still getting a really good deal because I mean, there's yards where I live that are, that were forty dollars eighty two, and now they're forty five now. So it's just like wow. it's, it's just harder to change because there's so many options.
1: And that is that that's why you think that's why the pricing model in that particular service has stayed so low, just because there's so many people who do it, from a high school kid during the summer all the way up to an established company. And
2: they can make it, t- and they can make good money. I mean, if you're if yeah. you're not a, trying to grow crews, and you're just running one or two crews, I mean, forty bucks a yard makes a lot of sense. Um, but you know, we've taken some heat because we've really gone up on our prices, but we only do, you know, go back, we only do the 10 month contracts now. We don't do just mowing. It's just it doesn't work. It doesn't work yeah. if you're trying to do it at scale.
1: Sure. Yeah. And build a team. Right. Yeah, not just do it seasonally, you know, with one or two people. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. What about sales and marketing? Like what's your comp- what's your company's approach to growing revenue? Like what have what have you done? What have you seen that's worked and not worked? Like what what are some of your thoughts there? Well, where are the eyeballs,
2: you know, where are the attention. It was, you know, whatever's cheap and makes sense. That's obviously social media. Now we have a media team that does all of our videos and posts and that sort of thing, which we just started last year. Trying to get better at that, but you have to. I mean, that's that's where the people look at. You stop at a stop line, look left to right. They're all looking at their phones, even the drivers. Yeah. Um, So, and then we, I know it's always cheaper to it's always cheaper to keep current customers. So. You know, we started mowing, we added irrigation, we added hydro mulching. we added turf, we added sod laying. You know, we added all these services because, you know, people ask you for them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, do y'all do this? Well, we've also done things like do y'all trim trees? We really don't, we don't have the equipment. We're not good at it. And there's a ton of great love companies that do it. So we'll partner. Um, same thing with building fences. You know, we could ask through that all the time. It's like, man, I got tons of buddies that do that. They do a great job, they're better than us. So mm-hmm. trying to pick and choose what makes sense. Um, But, you know, if if you're, if you and your beautiful family are my customer and you need an irrigation system and we can do it, I want to be able to do it. Um, So we can, we're trying to become kind of vertically, vertically integrated in those lanes because that's the best marketing. People like you, uh, let's keep it. But when it comes to new acquisitions, you know, it's got to be social media because that's where everybody looks. And has
1: that worked for you? Social media? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. That's
1: That's cool. cool.
2: I think this year it's been fun because we really got into it last year and I think our I think our traffic on our Google and Facebook and phone and text has been kind awesome. of those. What Would you attribute that just a
1: good, consistent creative content, digital ads, including good photography and, and visual branding, or kind of all of it? Like, what what would you attribute to some of that lead generation related to to you know taking that serious? I don't know if I would
2: say anything we do is good yet, but we're getting there. Um, yeah. I think I think part of it, you know, when I got in life it's like you know, they'll buy from you when you've been here. So it's hmm. as we've been here, I think people recognize us now. Um, we have a little lame, name recognition. Uh, we've got some good cut. We have great customers out there that help spread our name. So a lot of it's more just being established for a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're going to try to put out quality stuff, quality ads.
1: That's really cool. I mean, really what I hear you saying is your content creation and, and trying to take that serious is really supplemented serving the existing customers you have well, and just being a recognizable brand. So for some people, marketing can really be the the primary driver of new revenue. For others, it's really supplementing the services you're providing, the way you're nurturing your existing customers, and it, it's really just kind of keeping you top of mind and you know, and, and being a brand that people begin to recognize because they start hearing you know about you from your existing customers. Is that is that what I hear you saying? Correct. I mean, when there's so many options out there, you
2: like out of sight, out of mind. You know, so many people can see your trucks driving around, but they don't even know what you do. So to tell that story is like, who wants to hear about scalping? I mean, who really cares like mm-hmm. what it is what it, so we're, we're not just gonna show you scalping. We're gonna tell you why we do it and what we're doing it for and how it affects the grass. And hopefully that helps. I mean, I don't know who's watching those videos but they're gonna be there and we're gonna continue to try to add value in those ways for free that they didn't just riffraff and talking about how
1: great we are. Right, helps build trust. I hope so. Yeah, that's good, that's good. Okay, a couple more questions for you what are some of the tools you couldn't live without? Like as a business owner, as a leader of the organization, what are a couple of apps, you know, what's a, what's a tool. It doesn't matter, whatever it is for you, that you just couldn't live without. Well,
2: I, I'll leave out the mowers and the hedgers and the weed eaters.
1: <laughs> yeah, please and do. That's I'm obvious. Yeah. I you as the business owner.
2: Oh man, I'm an, am an Apple dude. I mean, I, you know, I've just it's decisions made. So I've got more Apple stuff than ever, but uh, in fact, I got two things in here, but when it gets into like QuickBooks Online, we couldn't live without just because it's all in there now. They got us. Um, Slack and Jobber, we couldn't live without. We do everything there because when you're trying to communicate as a team like that, you got to text and it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. What's Jobber?
2: Jobber a, is a kind of a place for service companies to schedule. Um, okay. So, like when we get on there, we'll put your name, all the notes in it. They put pictures there. We can kind of keep up. And you know, when you have 11 crews running around town, my managers can. Look on their phone see what's been completed cool. what's ready to build that sort of thing
1: that's awesome cool that's good how about uh, is there a single app that you find yourself using every single day me no because i don't, <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to mess with that
2: uh yeah i mean between between our google sheets slack and java those those are
1: all yeah all day that's, that's good, good. Uh, if, if you, you could only like give one piece, piece of advice, advice um, you, know, you to know, to another small business or owner or an aspiring what, entrepreneur, what, what, what comes, comes to mind? I think one, um, figure
2: out if you're made for it. Figure out if you're built for it. I mean, it's trendy, it's, it, but it's, really, it's, it's challenging. It's really hard and you cannot do it alone. I mean, I'm, I have the greatest team around me now that I look forward to working with that we invest in each other's lives. Um, and if you are, you know, go all in. Don't be, don't work in a fear mindset. Don't work scared. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a challenge. It's not going to happen fast. Um, and I think, you know, fast, relative to you, you're saying y'all are 10 years now and it's really a lot of fun. Yeah, um, We're five years now and it's kind of getting fun. Um, right. <laughs> so it just takes a while. But I think if God's placed something on your heart and you really believe you're wired, you know, the world needs it. Don't worry yeah. about the competition. Really don't worry what's out there. You get in, find your lane, find your niche and go after it. And if it doesn't work, hey, you 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 never leave worse than you
1: were. Right. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, well, I'm really, I'm really proud of you. I, I think you've done an amazing job. And I'm really proud of your resilience. I, I can relate to some of the challenges you, know, you face in the first couple of years. And a lot of people don't have the stamina or, or really the grit to be able to kind of work through those. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like you just said, it's not for everybody, uh, not everyone wants or can do it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I'm really proud of you, you've done a great job, you've built a great brand, and I'm really excited to see where you're at in the next five years. And congrats, you know, for, for making it five years, that's a huge milestone. And so I'm glad to, to be able to celebrate that with you.
2: Well, I appreciate it. I don't, I don't again, I, I feel, I, and you may feel the same way, I feel very like inadequate, like I didn't do that much. Um, Maybe other than just the ability to sit in a dark room and think it's going to be okay. (laughs) Keep getting up no matter what time it is. Um, But I appreciate you saying that. It's been a lot of fun. We love being in Lubbock. We love being apart. And I look forward to hopefully doing more of that as we continue to grow.
1: Yeah, I have no doubt you will. Well, thanks for your time today and for joining uh, joining the podcast.
2: You bet, man. Best of luck to you and all you do.